Good day, everyone, and welcome to New Matter, the SLAS podcast where we interview life science luminaries. I'm your host, SLAS Scientific Director Marshall Brennan. And today we are chatting with Sebastian Mosser. Sebastian comes to us from Neurix, a Swiss based company that develops 3D neural tissue models that mimic native brain tissue in order to develop drugs that fight diseases that cause neural damage. Nurex was recently featured on Innovation Avenue at SLAS 2021 Digital, and we're super lucky to be able to talk with Sebastian today. Welcome, Sebastian. Thank you, Marshall, for this nice introduction. Well, really, it is my pleasure to have you here. And so it is tradition that when we start off these uh, interviews that we ask you to describe either your day-to-day work or your company in 10 words or fewer. I would say this is first science. There is, of course, a lot of excitement having the chance of working on such technology, as well discussing both with the team to find solution and as well to customers uh, to orient the market and, of course, fit to the need. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now, with a little bit more room to breathe, could you tell us a little bit about what Nurex is doing and uh, what you were really excited about bringing to market? So Nurex is doing is providing actually some three-dimensional models that are called organoids that aim at recapitulating in vitro what happens in the human brain. So we're trying really to have a kind of brain in a diff, if, if I may say like this. And this is a potent alternative to animal experimentation and our goal as well to have data that are relevant to human physiology. So when, when I wake up every morning, I'm really excited to see okay, I will provide some relevant tests and reduce as much as possible the tests on animals in the neuroscience field. That's uh, really awesome. Um, I think, especially when you think about reducing animal uh, model use, or animal tissue use just in general, um, that's a really noble cause and obviously a really challenging scientific problem. Just for background, could you tell us a little bit why neural tissues might require special attention when you're developing these sorts of models? Are there any challenges that are inherent to creating organoids that simulate brain tissue? Yes, of course. Like the first one is that we we may be thinking that a brain like is an homogeneous tissue, but of course one needs to consider multiple brains area, which has a very different composition in terms of cell type and of course equilibrium or neurochemistry. So this is the first thing that we need to to optimize having the right recipe. And second as well, neurons are very sensitive cells. Of course, they provide electrical impulse, are very powerful, if I may say, but very sensitive. So we need really to take care at maximum with them. And of course, providing them the right differentiation to obtain the cell type that are required. Awesome. And what's the uh, secret sauce that lets Nurex in particular address these problems? How are you overcoming some of these limitations? So we have the chance to work as well with what we call the mini brain, which is a bigger organoid on the, on the early liquid interface. And this is a very particularly potent solution for co-cultures. As an example, we use this type of device for the glioblastoma model that we have, meaning that we have a co-culture of the brain cancer together as well with our organoids. And with this, we can see the spreading of the cancer. We can see as well metastasis-like phenotype. And interestingly, we show that the gene expression shows a clear interaction between the tumor and the model. And if we don't treat it, it looks like a patient with poor prognosis. Wow, that's, that's really great. I'm curious, has Nurex uh, done any work that's relevant to the uh, coronavirus pandemic that you're willing to share? 
Yeah, so of course, we this was more like opportunistic, I would say, uh, choice because either we had to stay at home, kind of stopping research, either we had to raise the opportunity to put our expertise, sell and organic based expertise at the service to really fight the pandemics. And with this, we developed multiple in vitro tools in order to test and identify drugs against the SARS-CoV-2, specifically the, the viral entry. This was the first test and the first line of development we've been carrying. And more recently, extremely recently actually, we validated as well a second test that is able to track the immune status of patients that got the COVID, meaning that we can detect the neutralizing capacity of the plasma of the patient. And with this, we may say, is the patient immunized or not for a secondary infection, for example. That's really exciting. Congratulations on those results. And that's a really interesting thing to, to think about, the ability to be able to pivot your technology to be able to act on both your sort of core functionality with the brain and also looking at these sort of emerging trends. And I, I think that that's a, a challenge that not everybody is uh, immediately equipped for. So congratulations. Can you talk to me a little bit about how that decision was made and like what kind of challenges you faced in adapting your technology early on to uh, the pandemic? I would say this was mainly changing the technique and the procedure remains the same, which make our strengths because we could already use some validated work to really go into these new directions. What was changing, of course, I'm not teaching you is the cell type because we're here essentially about a pulmonary disease. Mm -hmm. So there was really a lot of work and literature that had to be performed really into this direction. But having the chance already to have the lab ready for this, and which makes this opportunity uh, a success. And so you mentioned that there's cell types that are more pulmonary focused for the COVID-19 related uh, work you're doing. Have you seen anything that it would be interesting when looking at the brain tissue models with respect to COVID? Um, there's been previous guests on the podcast who have talked about being curious about how the disease affects the blood-brain barrier and kind of or crosses the blood-brain barrier. And so I'm curious if you've seen anything in your studies uh, that might speak to that. Yeah, definitely. We're collaborating as well with the University of Geneva, with the laboratory of Professor Taparel, who is virologist and has access to the live virus to carry the study. It was pretty interesting to see that the virus was able to infect the cells. We could see really some viral RNA inside the neural cells. But surprisingly, we did not see progressing that much over time. And this contrasts as well with organoid data that have been observed, where definitely the virus is progressing over time. So at the moment I'm talking to you, I do not have a clear picture whether the symptoms that may be observed in patients are due directly to the infection of the, of the brain tissue or whether it's the secondary consequences uh, of infection of other tissue or organs. But this definitely speaks toward the power of having these models ready to go and having the expertise to be able to evaluate them. And so I think it's really great that Nurex is um, providing these tools to you know, be able to evaluate these questions um, so thoroughly. So that's really, really great. What inspired this uh, path of research for Nurex? What was it that uh, led you to uh, found this company in the first place? Well, I think here the goal was to have some great experience uh, on neural organoid. But the main observations that we made, of course, discussing with scientists, both from academia and from as well the private sector, were that both the in vitro 
and the in vivo models in the neuroscience field were not really relevant according to what we see for human diseases. If we take, for example, Alzheimer's disease, well, most of the drug has been failing. And now some experts say that we know very well how to cure an Alzheimer's disease mice, but not a human, which is, of course, problematic with the goal that we have. So when we decided really to create a startup, we had the goal of providing uh, models that are as close as possible to human physiology and human pathogenesis, and as well to avoid the use of animal, which in the same time as well, are pretty poorly representative of human physiology. Yeah, and I think that this that is a challenge that is not limited to the brain, but certainly is incredibly uh, important when considering, you know, uh, anything uh, north of your neck, so to speak. So thinking about your path uh, into entrepreneurship, this is something that really fascinates me and obviously is really relevant to the younger uh, members of SLAS. Could you give any advice to students who might be interested in entrepreneurship and starting a company of their own one day? I think here, well, there are worldwide some classes, at least to learn the basic about entrepreneurship, about, of course, uh, in the biotech field, I guess most of them are scientists, but to learn as well about marketing, about legal aspects, IP, uh, that's a very good starting point, I think. And of course, the first things to do and is just to start and to create a company. Um, one may do a lot of mistakes, but that's the only way to learn. And if I may get an advice, is this is a challenging adventure so meaning that we have to get with the right people actually to carry this adventure. Meaning, of course, people operationally that may help, but as well professor or experienced people that may lead or advise the right direction to be taken. That's really great advice. I'm curious just from your personal perspective before we wrap things up, what has been the most exciting either moment in the lab or professional accomplishment that you've had since founding Nurex? So what the most exciting moment was the first time that we signed a contract with the customers? <laughs> because I should say, Nurex was founded nine years ago. And due to the fact as well, the technology was extremely complex to develop, to have something reproducible. As well, nine years ago, the tools were different for organoids. And it took us really a long time actually to start entering the market, getting as well the marketing strategies. And it's only two years ago, actually, that we got the first contract. So it takes us a lot of time, marketing efforts, standardization, convincing, as well ourselves that it was worth it. And when we really got the first contract, like uh, we all got the champagne at that moment. And, uh, and this was a great moment for the whole team, definitely. I can imagine, especially after that much effort, that sense of validation, you know, I always feel like publishing a paper is like a you get that sigh of relief but signing on a customer is just like this explosion of energy that uh you know you you've been working toward right <laughs> definitely yeah it was hard to stay serious in front of the customer being just so happy <laughs> to have it signed <laughs> definitely well yeah no that but it, it's a great achievement um you know Thank you so much for all the work that you've done. I'm really excited to see where Nurex uh, goes in the future. And so I think I'd just like to end this by giving you an opportunity to tell our listeners where they can learn more about the work that your company's doing, how they can get in touch with you, and any sort of parting thoughts you have for our listeners. And one, one more advice that I may have is as well, go, go to SNES and participate to Innovation Avenue with your new startup. <laughs> it's definitely a good advice. I would 
be giving to to young entrepreneur. It's worth it. Well, that's what we like to hear for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Sebastian, for all of your time on behalf of the New Matter Podcast, SLAS, and our listeners. Congratulations for your appearance on uh, Innovation Avenue. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to talking again soon. Thanks also for your time, for the interview, and uh, for organizing this great event. Uh, it was, I was really happily surprised, <laughs> if you could say. <laughs>